1: Big guess. The big picture. Afternoons with Rob Brickenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3. 770 CHQR. This week the world is marking, is commemorating the 25th anniversary of the genocide in Rwanda. Marking the deaths of the more than 800,000 people who were murdered. uh, Over 100 days of slaughter in that country. Uh, as Tutsis were targeted by uh, by Hutus. After years already of that country having been ravaged by civil war, this unfolded. And how and why did it happen? Why couldn't the world, the rest of the world, stop it from happening? So a lot of questions to be asked as well of, of, you know, how something like that could happen on our watch when we say never again like we did after the Holocaust. Why do things like this still happen? Joining us for some thoughts... On the anniversary and what transpired in Rwanda over those 100 days and why it's important to to remember is someone who was there, someone who witnessed the carnage and the brutality around him, someone who lost so many members of his own family. He was just a child at the time, just nine years old in 1994, living in Rwanda as all of this was going around him. Somehow managed to escape with his own life. Came to Calgary uh, just over a decade ago uh, as a refugee, has started a, a new life for himself here in this country, um, but remains uh, an unspoken advocate for uh, those who, who went through this and the importance of remembering and trying to heal these wounds. Uh, Melchior Chusa is his name. And he joins us on the line here this afternoon to talk about his own experience and to talk about the significance of this anniversary. Melchior, thank you so much for joining us here. Welcome to the program.
0: Uh, You're welcome, uh, Rob. And uh, just to uh, correct a little bit on what you just mentioned, uh, it's uh, the 25th commemoration of the genocide against voters in Rwanda. And uh, the numbers... Conservative numbers given by United Nations uh, since uh, last decade ago, or uh, even more, was eight hundred thousand. But as we know, every year new bodies are retrieved from uh, uh, from the uh, holes, and uh, other places that they had been uh, buried, and they are uh, they are exhumed to be reburied in uh, the honourable way and so numbers by the government of Rwanda are uh, more than a million people and so uh the numbers are no longer 800,000 mm-hmm. as had been uh Area reported by uh, international communities and uh, other cu- many countries
1: out there. Yeah, well, that's that's an important point. I mean, it speaks to um, how, how large scale this this killing was. Um, for for you, reflecting on 25 years, uh, what what stands out to you? I mean, it's, it's obviously important for the world to remember what happened and to try to prevent this sort of thing from happening again. So, how do you, in your own personal life, balance? you know, the awareness of it with your own personal uh, connection to it?
0: Well, my personal uh, life is uh, fully connected to what happened because I was in Rwanda at the time. I was nine years old and I was under so much care of my family, as you can imagine, a nine years old. And uh, everything turned on me um, when it all happened. And uh, by that, I mean when the genocide started uh, at a larger scale, sparked by the shooting down of the plane of the uh, then president, Manor, um, I had to find my way to leave. But then that started with a lot of confusion on my part. Uh, right at the outset, my aunt came to my house, asked me of my parents so we can go together, To a place she thought we could find a safe haven. Unfortunately, when we go to the place, the people who are supposed to hide us had fled themselves. We hid ourselves overnight in their backyard. And early in the morning, we went to hide ourselves in the bushes. Around 10 or so in the morning, killers came by and they killed my aunt. They killed her daughter, uh, who was about three years old. Uh, My aunt's maid, who was from the Hutu tribe, uh, was recognized by our killers and was taken. I managed to run to a different dike, which was was adjacent to the place we were, and that's how I survived, because they came, looked for me, they couldn't find me, so I came out of the place a few years after. Um, My family. My aunt and her daughter had already been kids, so I had to find my way back. And so that's how connected I am to the events of yeah. 1994.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's unbelievable what obviously you, you witnessed, the, the trauma of losing so many family members. I mean, it's, it must be something that you still think about every day.
0: Quite true. Uh, aside from losing my aunt right on that day, um, when I went back, when I managed to get back to the place where my family lived, I found that my parents uh, and my five siblings had already been killed, uh, And so um, now I start the journey to, uh, to hide and try to leave. But then every day was a day when we were expecting to be cured. And so there was no hope for us to even leave. But then uh, uh, miracles happened a few uh, a month or so after when we were rescued by uh, those who were advancing to stop what the killings which were taking place.
1: Now, you were nine years old at the time. Uh, so w- w- where did they take you? How did you uh, get out of that situation?
0: I, I have no answer really to that. Uh, aside from saying that it's a miracle, so those who believe in miracles, um my parents keep in mind had been cured my five siblings had gone and my my uncles had been cured and that's my story but the, it's the same story to my neighbors to other children or to other men who had lost their wives or the women who had lost their, their husbands as so everyone had a similar story in my area and so there was no uh, special means we used to survive. It was just a sheer um, lack uh, to survive and to have life afterwards.
1: Yeah, uh, it, you know, for, for for a child that age to try to understand what's happening or why it's happening or on how big a scale it's happening. Was it in the years after that that that, that you know you started to understand? just how bad this was, and and what exactly had gone on?
0: Um, at that time, despite that I was young and uh, I didn't know much of what was going on, uh, when I was in school, I was in grade two, and uh, I would be in the class, uh, and our teachers would ask for Tutsi, students to stand up, identify themselves, and sometimes we were, uh, the Tutsis would stand with the Hutus, or Hutus or stand with Tutsis as young as we were. Um, and so the concept of who people were had already been introduced to me, even though it was very vague. Uh, adults knew what was going on, and they uh, they had tasted the same discriminations and the killings uh, decades before that. And so... The um, the divisions had already taken some roots in Rwanda before 1994, and so what I experienced is in 1994 is what I had been introduced to in the few years uh, leading up to the main genocide. And so after the genocide, then that's when I started the uh, the, the journey of trying to make sense of what happened really. Uh, to me and uh, to those I survived the waste. Uh, and then looking back, finding that we have no families, and so then uh, the, st- the complex way of living and uh, survival without families started. And so uh, it was all uh, a top spiral.
1: Uh, you came to Canada about 10 years ago or so?
0: I came to Canada about 10 years ago, uh, close to 11.
1: Yeah. Uh, What about your uncle? Where's your uncle?
0: My uncle was, I had different uncles. And so, but the one whom I, uh, I really remember, who also kept me right after the genocide is the same uncle. I would mention this, the same uncle whose wife I came across when I was coming from the scene where my aunt had been cured. And so I passed by the body of my wife, my uncle's wife, she was she she had given birth about three months ago and her baby was crying on her chest. My uncle's wife had herself been killed. And so the baby crying on her chest, killers talking and uh, roaming in the area. And so what I had to do was to run and to try to see that they couldn't find me. This same uncle is the one whom I lived with after the, the genocide. She, he had lost uh, two children already, and two of his children had been cut with machetes, and so they had wounds on, uh, on them. Uh, and so I lived with him, and uh, that's the story that, uh, you know, that happened to him as a, as a person. Yeah. But the scene of what I, I saw uh, but with passing through her, his wife, that I never told him until uh, 2013. So this is uh, 20 years after.
1: Wow. Uh, it was something that, that you kept in, inside for a very long time.
0: Uh, I, I did keep it inside of me for a long time. I didn't know where to start uh, telling him that uh, I passed by uh, the body of his wife. Um and it's just that which happens to you, that uh, sometimes you don't know how to start the conversation. And, and so that was a conversation I could not even bring to myself or to uh, make myself remember
1: sometimes. So how do you move forward? How, how do you find, I mean, can you find forgiveness? Is, is there reconciliation? Is, is there a path forward for uh, Tutsis and, and Hutus to, to come together?
0: there is a way uh but um uh, um when we do comm- when, when we do commemorations commemorations happen every year uh, everywhere in the world uh in Calgary especially we hold commemorations and i have been part of the organizing committee for uh, uh about 7 years or or more since i've been in Calgary and uh There is there is a a saying that we always put forward, and that is when we remember, when we commemorate, when we uh, hold memorials, we don't uh, uh, we don't uh, forgive and forget, but we remember and change, and that's what guides us. We uh, as we remember, or as we uh, as we remember, not to forget, but to change. Then that gives us hope that what happened in Rwanda, the divisions that we saw happening in the past, they can only only be uh, remedied by uh, people trying to work on change and addressing what happened with the hope that they don't happen again
1: understand the um rwandan canadian society of calgary is going to be holding a memorial service uh, on april 13th at mount royal university so right. uh, there will be a lot of commemoration uh, here in calgary as well as and as you say around the world uh Melchior, thank you so much for sharing your story with us uh, it, it is quite an incredible journey you've had but um we really appreciate uh, you taking some time to talk about all of this with us thank you for joining us here today
0: Thank you for having me, and uh, I appreciate the support that you are receiving from Calgarians and uh, other people everywhere.
1: All right, there you go. What a story. Melkiora Chusa is his name, lives here in Calgary now, but survived that. Witnessed those horrors firsthand, barely escaped with his own life, nine-year-old child. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that? Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 12.30 on News Talk 770 Calgary.